the Rangers got their hearts broken in game five, but in game six, it was them doing the heartbreaking, especially on the back of an incredible, unprecedented, exceptional Adolis Garcia Grand Slam. We're going to talk about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of Locked On Rangers. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to listen and watch every single day and to comment nearly any single thing below. Thank you all so much to those of you who are joining me live on YouTube. Thanks to all you listening now, live or later. Before we get into today, show this episode is brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off your first purchase last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed now adolis garcia why would it be anybody but adolis garcia coming up with the moment of a lifetime no matter what happens the rest of the season the rest of my freaking life this adolis garcia grand slam will live in my heart forever as an all-time sensational moment i mean this guy, there is nobody built for the big moments better than him. And the thing about that game five loss that rubbed me the wrong way the most, well, maybe of the things that happened in the actual game, the thing that bothered me the most is that Adolis Garcia's three-run go-ahead bomb was going to be washed to history. It was going to be forgotten because of Jose Altuve's go-ahead three-run bomb in the ninth inning. That was the worst part for me it's because moments like that and the celebration he had and the roar of the crowd and the call and the everything about it was just perfect. And that's why it pissed me off so much. That they wasted that and sent that one into the history books to be forgotten until game six comes along. And Adolis Garcia says, you know what? I'm 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. I did almost hit a home run earlier in this game when it was still a close game. But here we go. Bases loaded. My boy Corey Seager just got hit by a pitch. Evan Carter, the the little savior, struck out, and the Rangers need a little bit more insurance run because at that point the game was still most definitely in the balance, and I was I was getting a little worried. I was honestly getting really worried because I mean, how could you not be for this entire game and the everything of this season? Just everything about this series is very worrying, and you know normally. I don't want to criticize Josh Young here, but normally a 10 pitch at bat, you see that and you think that's a great at bat way to go. Whoever did that, especially when it ends in you on first base, you think that's an awesome at bat or plate appearance. Well done. Whoever did that. And when Josh Young had that 10 pitch walk, I thought mm, normally that's perfect, but it, this point in time, right after Jose Leclerc just got done in game five, having to sit for forever and in an inning that took way too long in the bottom of the eighth inning, which is why I think he was so rusty for the top of the ninth inning. I, I, that's what I'm chalking that up to because he has been absolutely nails this entire postseason, gives up a little weak hit, then gives up a walk, and then the home run to Altuve. And you thought, okay, well, the Rangers got a lot of traffic on the bases in the bottom of the eighth inning in that game, but they were not able to score at all and so when the rangers got their first two runners on 
in the top of the ninth inning. And Jose Leclerc is sitting there waiting to come back, presumably for the bottom of the ninth inning. You think, oh boy. Okay. Well, if you're going to get these runners on, you're going to have these prolonged at bats, which is great and good, but you need to do something with them. You just absolutely have to do something with them. And, you know, credit to Marcus Simeon, who has had the postseason from hell, just an absolutely horrendous postseason. Today, he was solid. He was absolutely solid. He did have a pop-up, but he had two walks and two hits, two for three, reached base four times, including a single and a very, very well-worked at-bat in that ninth inning to load the bases, a hit with the runner and scoring position for the top two guys in this lineup. And of course, it didn't end up scoring a run. So incredibly frustrating. Then up comes Corey Seager to the plate with the bases juiced and no action. Think, oh, please, God, just get at least one run. At least one run takes a pitch inside by Ryan Stanek, then gets hit in the leg with a pitch. Maybe it was his ankle. Um, and you think, okay, well, that sucks for Corey Seager getting hit like that. But hey, at least she got one run. Then up comes Evan Carter and Ryan Stanek looked erratic in his first couple of pitches. And Carter does the rare thing that he he doesn't do a whole lot and expands his own on just a nasty splitter by Stanek. And then up comes Adolis Garcia. You think, oh boy, oh dear God, this is the moment. If it wasn't the moment in the last hitting when he was facing off against Brian Abreu and struck out like he did four times in this game, and it was booed relentlessly by the Houston fans just for being hit by a pitch and talking back to Martin Maldonado, who was chirping at him for getting hit by a pitch after hitting the home run of his life. Just absolute extreme loser energy for Martin Maldonado in this entire series and this entire season of just chirping at Adolis while contributing basically nothing to his club. But thank God that Dusty sticks with him um, because Yair Diaz is actually a good hitter. And I'm glad that he's not been seen in this series, basically, except for pinch hitting appearances. But Adolis Garcia swings through a fastball out of the zone, takes one, one, one pitch fastball, top of the zone. He's been swinging through him all night, all series, all season basically at least the back half of the season he shortens up hits the absolute snot out of the baseball 110 miles an hour into those stupid Crawford boxes for a home run it would have been a home run in 23 out of 30 ballparks but one of the ones that it wouldn't have been is globe life field so the home field disadvantage continues. This is that home field that the Astros fought so hard for. They have lost three out of their four games they've played at home. Actually, is it four out of five now? Yeah, it's four out of their five games they've played at home. Something they were so proud about winning the division, getting this home field advantage because they had the same record as the Rangers. They've lost so many games here at home and they have a game seven. At home, a place where the Raiders have not lost in the postseason in their franchise history in Houston. I'm hoping that that trend continues. I'm also hoping that the trend of the Rangers never losing an ALCS series continues. I'm hoping that the Rangers being undefeated on the road at this postseason continues. And I'm hoping that uh, Max Scherzer looks just at least a little bit better than he did in his last start out because I, I am already dreading and thrilled and vomitous about game seven but Adolis Garcia the guy who has been there for the longest time well Jose Leclerc has been there for a little bit longer but has been on the prominent stage been you know prominently displayed on these teams that have been terrible a guy who has been the heartbeat of this team the soul the beating literal heart of this team 
the engine that makes these guys go. Adolis Garcia getting this moment after having that moment in game five to redeem him. Not that he did anything wrong with <laughs> with the game five. Also really sucked that he got thrown out of that game um, for, you know, getting hit by a pitch and not quietly walking to first base after all of that nonsense, which uh, is just a whole other shenanigan. But I am so incredibly happy for Dolores Garcia. Nobody on this team deserves it more than Dolores Garcia, a guy who has been cast off time and time again by every team that had a chance to, to get him a chance to keep him. Even the Rangers who passed on a chance to put him on their opening day roster in 2021 and um, will regret that decision may forever, unless they don't, because it didn't come back to bite them. Uh, thank you, Mike Foltinevich for maybe giving Adolis just that last little bit of motivation to show off how incredibly great he is. He always comes through in the big moments. He always steps up on the big stage. And for years, it looked like he was not going to get that chance. I mean, this team is recently as the end of 2021. You, you thought that there's no way this team is going to be on a big stage while Adolis Garcia is in his prime. He's 30 years old, 31 years old right now. I think um, doesn't matter, but it, it looked like he was going to be past his prime by the time the Rangers got to contention. Even when they signed Seager and Simeon, you thought mm, maybe those guys will be past their, their window of contention, but uh, credit to Chris Young who kept saying time and time again, Hey, 2023 is when we're going to compete. And I know I kind of lapped it off and Grant and I both were like, mm, okay, buddy, slow your roll. I don't know about 2023, but they did. This team did This team knew itself, believed in itself. And no matter the soul devastating losses they suffer, they will always be ready to punch back in the mouth and keep themselves and their season alive for at least one more game. And maybe four to seven more after that. We're going to talk about Nathan Eovaldi's incredible start in the bullpen coming through in the most nerve wracking way, as they always have done in this postseason outside of that one time where they didn't we'll talk about all that and more in just a second, right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by game time. You, know, you shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy all of your tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They're easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. You can see views from your seat in the venue, the lowest price guarantee, events ca event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all this kind of good stuff. Game Time has got your back. It is seriously so so great and so easy to buy tickets at game time. They've got deals on tickets right to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It's the place for last minute tickets with zone deals. You pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app and create an account. Use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D. ON MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, shout out to the everyday for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day on tomorrow's show. We'll be back again live on YouTube, win or loss, no matter what happens, talking about game seven of the ALCS between the Houston Astros, the stinking Houston Astros, excuse me, I forgot their, their moniker, and the Texas Rangers. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. 
Now, this game was anything but easy. It was never going to be anything but easy, just like literally every single game in these in the, the year. Just every game forever with this team is just is just it's so difficult. Why does it always have to be so incredibly difficult? Just just one game, maybe game seven. You can just like take the drama out, just like I don't know, jump on Christian Javier and destroy him early. Um, that would be nice. But this game, it wasn't that. But Nathan Eovaldi was all that and then some. Oh my goodness, Nathan Eovaldi. I didn't think you could get any better than what you did in game two. But gosh darn it, you freaking did. Oh my gosh. This guy was absolutely sensational. And I was worried. I was honestly a little worried because he was pissed at himself after game two. When the Rangers did end up winning, he gave up three runs in six innings of work in that start. Did count as a quality start. This one, he goes six and a third innings, two runs, both of which were earned. No homers, three walks, though, one of which was an intentional walk to Jordan Alvarez. They kept Jordan Alvarez from homering again. It's great. Every game without a Jordan Homer is is a blessing. Um, and this offense, they kept it down. I mean, even when they had chance after chance after chance, I mean, the Astros were one for eight with runners in scoring position. Nine men left on base because Nathan Eovaldi, when he's got runners on, he has got that dog in him. And that dog is the size of freaking Clifford, the big red dog. That's how much dog he's got in him. I mean, just five hits allowed in this one. And, and the walks, I mean, was concerning. A pair, of the, a pair of those walks to were to Michael Brantley. And he just does not walk, guys. He just does not walk. And getting a little, little bit more soft contact, a little bit less swing and miss in this one. The splitter was working just something absolutely nasty in this one, especially to Michael Brantley, who the only time that he got him out, actually, he might have gotten him out multiple times. But the one time that he struck him out, or on, I believe it was three different uh, of the splitters like he was just absolutely nails in this one just dealing dominant giving you absolutely nothing in a game that was incredibly close i mean the, he let up the astros run in the first inning got a couple of runners on early and you thought okay well that's that's not boating well but then big game date dog doing his thing with runners and scoring position becoming absolutely unhittable except he gets hit for the one run, um, gets the one run on the board. Rangers get it back in the second inning, get a pair back in the fourth inning. Then he gives up another one in the sixth inning and makes it all the way to the seventh where he passes the baton to Josh Spores, gets an inning of scoreless baseball for himself there just to hit and walk and a strikeout. Then Jose Leclerc comes on and he does it in the eighth inning, needing five outs to potentially get the save in what was, I believe, a one run game at that point. Yes, it was still a no two run game at that point. The Rangers got their one run of insurance in the eighth inning from some great at bats by Mitch Garver. We'll talk about him in just a second. An absolutely sensational day by Mitch, that guy Garver and Jose LeClerc in a difficult spot gets a walk, bases are loaded and strikes him out. Strike <laughs> strikes John Singleton out on a cutter above the zone, a very hard worked at bat by Singleton pinch hitting in that spot, a eight pitch at bat. Jose Leclerc strikes him out and unleashes a dragon roar for the ages in that spot. Still a close game has to go and sit on the bench until the Rangers pop a five spot in the top of the ninth inning. Then in comes Andrew Heaney. I believe he threw about uh, three pitches. No, four pitches, four pitches to get three outs. 
With a seven-run lead in the bottom of the ninth inning, Astros go out with a whimper. Rangers, even the series back up, go into a game seven. Oh, my goodness. That that at-bat by John Singleton, I mean, hats off to him. That was honestly a sensational battle. Coming off the bench and pinch hitting like that is very, very difficult. And getting Dubon to line out with one out and um, and the bases loaded, like that was a big big at bat for Leclerc as well, but to have the confidence in himself to come in, in that spot, thinking he's going to need to have a five out save and Bochy's confidence in sticking with him and bypassing Chapman altogether and saving Chapman for a game seven, which I'm just already preemptively extremely anxious thinking about Chapman in a game seven in Houston, where um, bad things have happened to him historically in the ALCS in Houston, but Hey, the bullpen held in this one. And I am so incredibly excited for Jose Leclerc to come back after that moment, after suffering that kind of kick to the nards. Like I could not imagine a more emotionally gut wrenching thing to give up in that spot. I mean, the guy has been everything you could ask for and more this playoffs. He has pitched in every single win for the Rangers and one loss. To this point, the Rangers have needed him so incredibly badly to get him through so many close games. Because, I mean, the Rangers did sweep their way here, and there were a few blowouts. But really, a lot of these games were incredibly close, and they needed the likes of Josh Bores and Rollis Chapman and Jose Leclerc to be absolutely nails. And to have a streak like that going and to give it up in a game five that if you win that one, you feel really, really incredibly good about your chances going back to Houston for a couple of games Um, and to give it up like that and to take a day off and come back the next day and, you know, put your big boy pants on and go get it out like that. A couple outs like that. I mean, my God, I am so incredibly impressed by the mental resilience of everybody on this team, but Jose Leclerc, especially with all that he had been through, all year long, years, years of you know not being his full self and being erratic and and all that jazz um, to come up in this spot. I love that so much for him. I love that so much for Adolis Garcia. I love that so much for this freaking team that they are giving themselves. They are not going out with a whimper. They are not going out in that incredibly frustrating way that they did in game five. They have pushed it to a game seven, you know what they always say, the series doesn't start until the home team wins a game. And so far the series has not yet started. So we'll be a best of one series for all the marbles in game seven in Houston on Monday night. I'm already wanting to vomit just thinking about it, but it's going to be some incredible baseball. This entire series has been some incredible baseball. And I am just, again, thoroughly, continually, insanely impressed by the resilience of this team coming up. We're going to look a little bit at game seven, what to expect from that and some unsung heroes of this game who came up in a huge, huge way right after this word from our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. October baseball is back, and you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join FanDuel today, and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to create your new account. Then get in on the action from first pitch until the final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get a W, predict what will happen in the next at-bat with quick bets. If you were one of those who was getting in on quick bets and, and betting that Adoles Garcia would hit a grand slam there. I, I bet you won a whole, whole bunch of money. That would have felt like a very, very good bet there. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner, Major League Baseball. Shout out to the other day just making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day on Tuesdays, Wednesday's show, we'll be talking about either a World Series preview or a eulogy on the death of the Rangers season. We'll see what happens in Game 7. You can catch every pitch for the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, it wasn't just Adolis Garcia providing the theatrics in this one. It was also some great base, some great hitting from Marcus Simeon and some great Home run heroics from Mitch Garver and Jonah Heim. I, I am petitioning a new nickname for Jonah Heim. We have Heim time, obviously fantastic, but I think we should also refer to Mr. Jonah Heim as the Fromber Bomber. We, you could pronounce the the B in the, in the second Bomber or Frommer Bomber. I don't know which whichever one fits better for how you personally like. I personally like Fromber Bomber, two home runs in this ALCS against Fromber Valdez. The guy was absolutely nails for the vast majority of this game. And the only runs he gave up were both on home runs to the two best catchers in freaking baseball, both on the same team. One of them DHing, one of them catching both of them. Absolute stud muffins at the plate. And a great game for Mitch Garver in general. A three-hit game, including a solo shot opposite field off Framber Valdez. And unless I'm mistaken, pretty darn sure that's his first homer off a of lefty this year. He had a higher OPS against lefties because his on-base was over 400, uh, I believe, at the end of the season against lefties. And he didn't slug nearly as well. He got on base at an insane rate, which is also why I really didn't get all of the Robbie Grossman playing over him, hitting in the three-hole over him. But I digress. That is a problem for another day, another series, another hopefully never. Um, but maybe at some point we will see it again. But not in this series because there are no more lefties that the Astros are going to be throwing in this series because Fromber is the only one on the roster. But a three-hit day for him, including a little bloop single right before Jonah Himes homer to give the Rangers the lead in that fourth inning with the two-run bomb. Opposite field shot, the first solo, uh, the first opposite field home run as a righty for Jonah Heim all season long. What a freaking time to do it. And a, a homer that looked like it could have been robbed by Kyle Tucker, who has robbed, I believe, one, two, uh, 11 billion home runs that he's robbed from the Rangers in right field in Houston over the last few years. It feels like it's automatic. If it's if it's anywhere close to a home run in right field, you think, oh, no, no. Oh, God, no. Kyle Tucker is going to do it. Oh, God, absolutely. He's going to rob it yet again. And this one, he just did not get a good read on it and makes a jump and just kind of mistimes it and cannot get it. And then he does rob a home run from Travis freaking Jankowski, who pinch ran for Mitch Garver um, and 
did not end up scoring in his one uh, pinch running appearance for the three hit day. Cause Mitch Garver also had an insurance RBI double because of course he did that gave the Rangers one run in the eighth inning to make it a two run game as opposed to a one run game, which made it just feel a little bit safer, even with this bullpen being what it is. I know it's been amazing the postseason, but still it's hard to shake off those demons as a fan watching. I'm glad they have, I'm glad this team has, um, but watching it as a fan, you're still thinking, Oh boy, any minute now, any minute now. It's a it's a high wire act with every single one of these relievers. Something the broadcast said that's that struck me as a real indictment of this bullpen and why it struggles so much is that they John Smoltz, uh, of all the many wrong things that he has said in the series, him saying they're bringing on Jose Leclerc here because he's the best guy to throw strikes. And when that's the case, as much as I love Jose Leclerc, and I just sung his praises, and I will continue to sing his praises. Throwing strikes is about the last thing that he's good at. He's a guy who has been erratic, who has walked a lot of guys, who's been out of the zone and wild at many times. Um, when he and he wasn't wrong. John Smoltz wasn't wrong when he said that he, they're bringing in Leclerc because he's a guy who is going to stay in the zone and throw the most strikes of their you know three high leverage guys that they trust right now in Spores and Chapman. Because Spores, every time he comes in, it feels like the first two pitches are insanely wild. And then usually he's settled down after that with Chapman everything's kind of wild and sometimes it still works. Um, and sometimes it doesn't, um, but he is extremely erratic. And when Jose Leclerc is your guy who you trust to throw strikes, um, that's, that's not ideal. It's not necessarily ideal. Um, I mean, he's been great. and I love him, but like, usually you would have more guys you would trust back there to come in and throw strikes. Well, I guess there are other guys that you trust to throw strikes, but not good strikes. Cause I mean, Will Smith can throw some strikes. He's not going to walk a whole bunch of guys, but he's also going to give up a whole bunch of loud contact. Same thing can be said for Chris Stratton at this point. And I think the same thing could have been said if the Rangers were going to throw, you know, Cody Bradford out there, he's going to throw strikes. Um, but sometimes they're going to get lit up and we'll see who they have that, that throws in this game seven. It's obviously going to be Max Scherzer to start. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking that he'd be better than he was in his first game out. I mean, you'd have to think, I don't know how much the pitch count is going to go up from what he was throwing. I believe he threw like it was on a 70 ish pitch count limit. And I think he went under that because he was lit up so often uh, and early in that one. And then the bullpen, the underside of the bullpen gave a bunch of runs, which really inflated the bullpen ERA. I mean, the Fox broadcast are talking about how, Oh, the Rangers bullpen ERA in the series have been absolutely terrible. Well, it was deals in the first couple of games that they won. And then once you're throwing the underside of your bullpen for a basically bullpen game, almost two days in a row. Yeah. It's going to have a higher ERA. It's going to happen. And then you have the one blow up in the game where should have won in game five. And that's really of the A side of the bullpen. That's really the only damage that the Astros have done against it. There was also the solo home run by Yoron against Aralus Chapman. But I mean, that felt inevitable because Yoron is kind of inevitable at this point. I mean, my gosh. But the one time he wasn't up in a big spot, Josh freaking Spores striking out Yoron Alvarez on three pitches, three Really quality pitches. I mean, my God, Josh Spores, have yourself a day. Like this was a huge outing for him. The walk was was a little nervy in that spot, and him not getting a little bit more in that eighth inning, not getting one more out to if Jose Leclerc had to pitch, which you really wish you didn't have to pitch Jose Leclerc in the eighth inning, um, but you did, and it's 
it's good that the Rangers got him enough cushion to where Andrew Heaney could come in in that ninth inning to not have to throw Jose the clerk multiple innings on three games in four days, which they might be throwing in for multiple innings in game seven. We'll see what happens there. I mean, I'm thinking that the Rangers should theoretically see Christian Javier better in the next game, seeing him a second time in a week than they did the first time around. But, you know, you never know. You never know. I mean, Javier was pretty darn good. I'm hoping Josh Young will maybe be hitting a little higher in the lineup in that one because he was the only one who was doing anything with what Christian Javier was throwing, which, you know, given the at-bats he'd had in the first couple of games, didn't didn't really make sense um, because Justin Verlander and Framber Valdez absolutely ate his lunch in the first couple of games. And then here he goes and has a multi-humber day in game three um, because this lineup is incredibly deep and incredibly talented. And uh, they just know what the heck they're doing. And at some point, everybody is going to step up at some point. They just are. And Corey Seager getting babbib to heck. I mean, just incredibly bad luck on his batted balls. He was hitting hard. He had a couple of really hard hit pitches and the, the hit by pitch was kind of a reversal of good luck of, you know, he's not going to get, you know, he's not going to get doubled off on some insane play. Like the, the, you know, batting glove touching also love the broadcast uh, mentioning that and focusing on Marcus Simeon's butt to make sure that he tucked in the batting gloves, just a tier baseball, non-sensory Tom Foolery, like just, a very fun, silly, uh, also incredibly frustrating, mind-numbing thing um, that happened in that game. But, I mean, Corey Seager on the ground out in the uh, eighth inning, I believe it was, had a 107.5-mile-an-hour line drive off of his bat, roped right into the ground, right into Jose Abreu, had it kick off of him, a 640 expected batting average on that ball. That would have been another insurance run, but it wasn't. Um, then Corey Seager with that line out in the seventh inning, um, or maybe it's a six inning, um, a 650 expected batting average on that 88.4 mile an hour line drive to uh, the shorty at second base. And that was caught. So just incredibly bad luck by him. A lot of hard hit balls that have just found gloves. I mean, the pop out, that was, that was not a hard hit ball. That was not bad luck. But I feel like Corey Seager is absolutely due in this game seven. I mean, I feel like Marcus Simeon is absolutely due for an extra base hit in game seven. I feel like Adolis Garcia is due for a big moment. I mean, Evan Carter has not really been all that great in these games that he hasn't started. I mean, he's a 21 year old rookie and like expecting that much out of him is insane. And him being in the spot and in the three hole is kind of insane. And it feels like he's been pushing just a little bit for the first time I've seen in this series in these last couple of games that the Rangers have lost, but I think he'll find his way and get back into his approach and, and keep working those patient at bats and, and not expanding the zone nearly as much. But my God, if this team does lose tomorrow in game seven, I am so incredibly glad they got to have their moment in the sun, shining, thriving, hitting home runs, hitting grand slams, getting karma for being booed for just being hit by a pitch and hitting some incredible home runs. I mean, what a freaking team to bounce back. My God, I bet Bruce Bochy would be an absolutely incredible therapist for keeping someone's emotions regulated and in check because keeping this team's headspace right after a game like game five, coming back and punching back and not being scared. I mean, that's what this team has done so incredibly well all season long. And more than the just having a 
significantly better record than last year and adding Bruce Bochy and all those, those other things, the ability to not get down on themselves to not give up to not be subjected to the same. It's so back. We're so over highs and low roller coaster of a season that they have put on for this fan base to be able to keep themselves, you know, hunkered down and centered and ready to kick butt at all times and come back after the most upsetting, frustrating, you know, just gut-wrenching, heartbreaking loss after loss after loss and not be affected by it and still come out and punch like this in game six. I mean, that's why this team, no matter the end of the season, is going to be an all-time favorite team for me because of the highs, because of the lows. They have given us one heck of a ride. And hey, they've got at least one more game. Game seven, Max Scherzer on the hill. I have no idea how it's going to go, but let's freaking go. These are the moments that you care about sports for. These are the moments where you don't give up on a team. And these are the moments that you wait your entire life for, because it's going to be something good or bad. You're going to remember absolutely forever, just like this amazing game six in Adolis Garcia's grand slam of a freaking lifetime. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy game seven, Texas Rangers, ALCS baseball.